And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and me the football champion. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the We Are Mead podcast. Um, as well as that, it's our first ever Facebook live broadcast, which is absolutely brilliant to be seeing in such early, the early stages of the We Are Mead uh, project. Um, as usual, I'm delighted to be joined by Martin O'Halloran, the Mead PRO. But as well as that, we've got another Martin, um, a bigger name in Mead, would you believe, than Martin O'Halloran, the one and only Martin O'Connell, uh, the legend that is Martin O'Connell. Martin, thanks a million for joining us today. No problem at all. Um, first of all, we're just going to look through a couple of results and maybe a couple <coughs> of games uh, coming up in Leinster, uh, football and hurling, and then we're going to move on and have a chat with Martin about his career with Mead and also with St. Michael's uh, Carlinstown. Um, so I suppose first up would be the, we'd have to talk about the Leinster um, Senior Championship quarterfinal from the weekend. Simonstown, who travelled to Wexford to play Starlights of Wexford uh, coming out with a convincing win of 112 to 8 points. Um, Starlights people are saying, you know, they had their chances in the first half, a couple of goal chances that they missed, Martin, but uh, still a convincing uh, display by Simonson. Yeah, it was a good performance. It's not easy to get back up after the celebrations of the county final. You know, it was only your second ever Leinster match, so very important uh, to go down to Wexford and to win the game. And it was a nice day fairly cold down there, the sunny southeast type of, wasn't there on the day. We weren't eating strawberries, <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> Certainly not, no, but it was the same for both teams, but it was a great start, you know, and um, I was up in the press box myself, and, uh, you know, it was. I think it was a game Simon Summer expected to win, to be fair, you know, um, Wexford's club um, in the club football championship wouldn't be great over the years. So they were actually expected to win. So that sometimes can bring his own uh, pressure. And they responded very well with the usual, uh, you know, usual line-out, uh, which is fairly consistent for Simonstown all year. Well, looking at it from a Mead <coughs> perspective, I suppose, uh, for a Mead team to get over the first hurdle, I think Summerhill may have done it in 2013, was it? Um, or And Screen got to a Leinster final in 2010. But it, it's been a barren spell for, for Mead teams over the last few years. So to get over that first hurdle is, you know, it, it's good for Mead football. It's great, and you know we we all have our own clubs, and we all shout for our own clubs or our own parishes. But it's amazing when you go down to Wexford, and suddenly there's a Mead team uh, out onto the field that represented the whole county, and that's what it felt was. We, you know, we need a boost. Uh, at club football in County Mead and I just think this is the start of it. Yeah, and then I suppose to look at it from the intermediate as well, Curraha are through to um, a Leinster semi-final. They're playing the Dublin champions, Martin uh, Ballybockle and of course Curraha beat your own St. Michael's um, in the intermediate final but it bodes well for Mead football at the moment when you see 
both the senior and the intermediate making their way through Leinster at the minute. Well, absolutely, Mickey. Um, Martin said it there. It's very, very important. Um, Club Football of Meath has been had a kind of a low web really for the last number of years. You have to go back probably to I don't know, done Shockland a great run in the, in the Leinster club. Mm-hmm. And um, it'd be very, very important that Simonson keep going and Curraha keep going. They had a fantastic win against our, my old club, St Michael's, um, probably the best team on, on, on the day. Nothing seemed to go right for St Michael's, but um, couldn't take that away from Curraha. They were, were the best. But if they can get a run now and then the Leinster and Simonson get a run in the Leinster, to look at it, it's, 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 only, it's only good for Mead football, you know? It is indeed. And, and at a time as well, where the Mead team are after losing four or five players, and there's rumours now as well that Donald Keoghan, um, who's been a fantastic servant to Mead football and, a, and a, an absolutely brilliant defender, it seems like he's leaving the squad, or, or, or maybe he's coming back or something, Martin, you were saying is... Oh yeah, I don't think he's leaving the squad at all. Um, I think it's just going to be a way for something to do with education or his work, and certainly by what I hear, he'll be back for the National League. Right, right. Well, well that, that's a good thing, and there is rumours, and so look, yeah. rumours, hopefully it's only a rumour, because you need the likes yeah. of him, you just need everybody, and uh, maybe Simonson and Cora can bring a few into this setup as well, and onwards and upwards, really, because Mead football at the moment, we need something, and as I say earlier, I think Simonson and Cora could just get that, give it a little bit of an injection, and hopefully things will go well for them. Um, I suppose with St Vincent's gone out of, out of the Dublin one as well out of the Leinster as well it's going to give everybody a chance in Leinster and I think Simonson will be probably I know they can't look any further than the than the, the Westmead champion so um, to get over that one and the Dublin champion's gone I think they've every chance you know yeah it's a, it was a weekend of huge upsets Martin in that uh, Ratnew beat um, uh, St Vincent's Port Leash were beaten by Murrayfield of um, Kildare and of course Mullignocta uh, were beaten by um, St Lomans of Mullingar so like as you said like there is a huge carrot at the end of it there for all four teams that are left in the Leinster there is absolutely and um, I think everybody probably won't be as I said to bit times we're looking any further than the Westmead champions and the other teams meeting each other won't look any further than the next game but there is a huge carrot there like Dublin have been dominating Leinster at, 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 and all Ireland for the last mm-hmm. three, four years and we all know how many Leinsters are after winning. I think it's 11 or 12 they're after winning. So um, it's no harm to see the Dublin champions gone. It's going to give everybody a bit of a lift and hopefully it'll give Simonson a bigger lift than anybody. Yeah. He'd really want it and hopefully Coraha keep coming back to get that they can go on and take one game at a time and maybe do what Colm Kills done last year. Yeah, absolutely, because Colm Kills, of course, going to the All-Ireland final and being beaten by the Mayo champions. It'd be great to see <coughs> Coraha doing something similar. Yes. Um, and to take it on to the hurling front, Martin, this would be your forte, I suppose. Kiltail are taking on St. Pat's of uh, Ballyragget um, at 2pm this Saturday in Park Tolchin. Um, a- another huge game for Kiltail and, uh, of course, St. Pat's of Ballyragget. I said it a couple of weeks ago. They, nobody knew where Ballyragget was up until a couple of weeks ago, but we all know where they are now. Yeah, we do. Yeah, they're a very good hurling team. <laughs> for some different reasons. I know there's the rest beside the hunk. I think we just have a stick to the to the hurling for now. But uh, no, look, you said something yourself. You know, when you win a championship, um, you know, last year, this year, you were you were type of had one eye towards the Leinster Championship, and the exact same thing. Uh, Cahill Sheridan and his lads in Kiltail, they've won four in a row, uh, and that's no mean feat all on its own. They've won four in a row. They've been in Leinster semi-finals and Leinster finals over the last couple of years. So there's huge development going into hurling, um, particularly uh, around Kiltail. Uh, 
over the last number of years. And uh, I can tell you, they'll put it up to Ballyraggart this Saturday. They're a very, very strong side. Um, the loss of Marcus Sullivan through suspension is a big loss to them. But um, I'm looking forward to a very good game on Saturday. Yeah, best of luck to all the lads from Kiltail and uh, hopefully the boys from Ballyragget won't act the maggot when they come up to Navin. <laughs> well, I, I hope I wish Kiltail very well as well. Look, I, I'd be a football man. I'm not a say I probably should be looking at the hurling a bit more in this kind of, but I just don't for some reason. And uh, look, I wish them the, all the best as well and hopefully they can go on and win things as well, which would be important as well to the whole county is all in and up, you know. Well, back in the day, Martin, when you were playing for Mead, th- there would have been very little hurling spoken of. But in the last few years, as you said, um, Mead football has been, at a, uh, it's been at a low ebb. And the hurling has really taken flight. And you look at the, the, the Nicky or the... Um, the Christie Ring win, yeah. win and you look at the, what the Camogie ladies are after doing under the stewardship of John Davis getting to yeah. Division 1 of the league and to the All-Ireland Senior Championship so it's nearly like Hurling has overtaken football at the moment in Mead that's true yeah and, and it's up to the footballers now to make sure that, that, wasn't, that they're all on a level even level field as well but um, no, the Hurling has, as you say has been done really really well I was over there with the Mead on the 70s this year and uh, with the footballers and, and um, every night you go over the pitches were just full of young lads playing hurling and there was ladies playing hurling and it was great to see. So um, onwards and upwards and hopefully Kildale will, 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 will put um, lead on the map. Yeah, yeah we've only won that yeah. intermediate competition once, Kilmesson, uh, a good few years ago. So, you know, it's never easy for a me team to beat uh, a Kilkenny hurling team. But, you know, you have to believe and I think this team is getting stronger. Um, every year and I think they have a great chance Well Hurland is a seamless link into uh, the interview with Martin O'Connell because of course Martin you were on the Mead team from 84 to 97 I think it was was it? 16 years and not only that but it was a Hurland man that brought you into the Mead setup, uh, uh, Sean Boylan, uh, the man who has been compared to Alex Ferguson and, uh, and managers of the likes. And, and I suppose his, his reign as Mead manager coincided with the reign of, of Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. Um, yes. But he was a hurling man first and foremost. He was a hurling man, and I probably would put him ahead of Alex Ferguson. Um, <laughs> that's the way I felt about him. Um, he was a hurling man. Um, I think he got this the Mead job. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. In 80, I think it was 82. Yeah. So meeting was held in p- at the back of the stand in Park Talton or on the stand in Park Talton and uh, no one wanted the job and he said, oh, but he said he'd take it. And uh, that was in 1982. So go back to history books then. There's a lot of success after that. Um, I got into the on the Mead panel and I remember playing um, Dunboyne in a junior quarterfinal in Park Talton in 82 and I was corner forward and Sean Biden was corner back. Um, I probably roasted him that day, <laughs> even though he'd tell you the opposite now, but I did roast him. <laughs> and uh, a few weeks later, he got the job, and then Sean called me in, so that's really one how I got in in the first place, you know, so... It was it was it was good that I did roast him in that in that but, but you were making your mark a little bit earlier than that because if we go back to 1978, I think it is, uh, you were playing for Carlinstown at the time because you hadn't joined up with Kilbeg at that stage and you were Carlinstown and Kilbeg, so it wasn't St Michael's. But you played in your your first uh, Division Three championship at that stage. Division Three was all first teams, wasn't it? Yeah, it I think was, it was. Yeah. it was nearly like the Junior A. It was a huge. It was a huge thing. Um, it was. We, I was from the place for Carlos and Kilbeg was the parish there was two teams in the parish and um, I was the Carlos inside of it we got to a, a, that division three li- um, championship um, against Rathmore Line in, 70, in 78 I was only 
15 or 16 at the time. And uh, I remember playing it, I think it was in, in front of a, um, a county final, senior county final, I think it could have been Summerhill and maybe Warrison were playing in that final, but the place was jammed and it was hard to win that championship that time and we were trying a long time. And 78 came, we, we beat Rapid Line after the replay. It was a draw match in Park Talton and the replay was over in that by, I think, two or three weeks later. Yeah. And we won that, which was, it was probably like the Keegan Cup, really, yeah. that time, because there wasn't that many competitions that time. And uh, we were delighted we won it. And then, I think it was a nine, that was 78 or 1980. I, I have great memories of that. <laughs> 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 Martin, well, being Martin, Martin being a rat man, remembers it well. Well, I do remember uh, my father actually played in that, in that particular game. Rat missed two penalties in I know who missed the two penalties, but I would never uh, say that. <laughs> and I was in the dressing room after, and, and it was um, it's very hard. That was the first final I would have seen, um, as, you know, with my own club. And as you said, that's the Keegan Cup, as far as we were concerned yeah. also. But I will also point out um, another great memory. Um, I'm didn't quite know his view, Martin, then, but there was another O'Connell, and he was the name that everyone spoke about at the time. One of the finest footballers in the county was your brother, Robbie, so I'll always have that memory. Um, yes. You know, and Robbie was brilliant at the time, am yeah. I right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And mm. People would say that when I was this down other, but Robert, for me, was probably, he was a little bit older than me, um, uh, maybe five, six years older than me, um, and um, he was very, very good. He was just unlucky that he didn't make, break his way into the Mead setup. Um, but he was a fantastic club footballer, I would have to say. I would put him ahead of myself. Um, he was just a different type of player. He was yeah. played midfield. Anywhere he played, he played well. He scored six, seven points. Brilliant free taker. He just had everything. And uh, unfortunately, he just didn't get the breakthrough that a lot of fellas get, you know. So you yeah. need a bit of luck. He just hadn't got it, you know. You Well, you got your bit of luck. And uh, I suppose uh, y you mentioned it already. You make your own luck too. <laughs> you make your own luck as well. I like that one. Um, at fi but, but when you started out with Carlinstown, you weren't playing at left half back. No. <laughs> well, everybody nearly starts off playing corner foul for some reason. <laughs> if you're really playing bad, you're the first to be taken off. So um, I just can't remember if I was taken off or not. But yeah, I've played corner forward wing half. I was only 15, 16 at the time, you know, and it serves me right. I think I missed an absolute sitter, I think, that particular day. <laughs> I think I had no one to beat. I think the goalkeeper was gone, and they got the ball, open goals, and I kicked it wide. I'm nearly sure it was that game, and maybe, maybe it was another game, but that just rings in my head that it was that game. But, as I say, I went on to a replay, and well, Sean Briery that day, Martin brought up there, he was a former me footballer back in 84 or 85 at the time. But he was he was an absolute brilliant keeper, and uh, he saved two penalties that day. Saved two penalties. Yeah, and that was the uh, and he's won by two four to five points. Had they scored the two penalties, they would have won by a point. Yes. I know. No, it was a draw the first day. Oh, that was the first yeah, day. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I think the first day. Sorry, Matt. Rathbone probably had a little bit more experience. Had a few older lads on the team. With a lad, uh, a dub came down to set up football in Rathbone. A lad called Jerry Murray, and he had uh, he had them Rathbone where we were really a hurling club, but he, he brought football to us and he got this great bunch of lads and, you know, um, they expected to win, but uh, where they could have won in Navin the first day, they were totally outclassed. Um, the second day in that Certainly boy. on the scoreboard, uh, they were well bet uh, that day in that boy. Well, that was the start of it for you, Martin, and, 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 and from then on, you know, you won, you've three All-Ireland medals, only two players in Mead have ever done that, yourself and Colm Coyle. You also have four All-Stars, you have six Leinsters, you have 
three national football league medals. You've got uh, you won Player of the Year in '96 in the twilight of your career, if you don't mind me saying, um, the year that Mead won the All Ireland. Um, but also you made it to um, the team of the century at wing back. You know an accolade that you know only 15 people in the whole of GAA have ever got. You know, that, that, that was a wonderful, wonderful accolade to get, I'd say. It was, yes. And um, I suppose when I got it way back, I didn't really think that much of it. But when you get older now, you start probably thinking a little bit more about it. Um, it was just a team of the millennium was named. And um, I think there was only maybe seven or eight of us alive that was actually picked. It was coming way back. Like it was John Joe Riley from Cabin was on it. Yeah. There was a few people from Kerry on it. Um, just can't name it offhand. But some of them were, had passed away, and uh, to get it w- was fantastic. It was me, the only mead man to get it, I suppose. And yeah. And it was, it was nice to get it. But at the time, you didn't really think much of it, Nicky. But now, when you're sitting back, I suppose, looking at the television or sitting at the fire talking <laughs> to somebody, it kind of comes up a bit, you know. And it yeah. I suppose it was a great thing. But look, you could have picked 10 different teams, and look, I was just one of the lucky ones that got on that uh, team. You know? Well, if you were picking 10 different teams, I'd say you would have made it on to all, t- all 10 of them, Martin, to be fair with you. But I suppose bring it back to 87 and 88. Yeah, um, well, 84 was the first year you played with Mead, was it with the seniors? Yeah, well, 82 was 82. the first championship match. First championship um, match. We played Westmead over in Mullingar. Um, Scotch not there. I remember playing on a fellow called Eamon Cochran. And sure everybody thought he was a runner. You know, <laughs> Cochran was the he name. didn't I give you the run around, did he? <laughs> no. He didn't give me the run around. No, no. I probably, I probably I think I've man of the match that day. I broke my yeah. hand anyway. But um, that was really the start. 84 was, was there. But sorry, 83, we won the, we won the um, Auburn Cup. Auburn Cup. You know, which we, which was a huge thing as well. Mm-hmm. Sean was just after coming in. And that was our first trophy we won under Sean. And then 84. You won the Centenary. Won the Centenary Cup. Yeah. And then the first round of the Championship was only two weeks after the Centenary Cup. We um, we played um, Westmead and Mullingar. Right. So right. all the boys were slagging when I mentioned Eamon Cochrane. She's you're going to be busy today. To <laughs> the fly up, but she wasn't <laughs> him at all, you know. I was convinced that it was him, but it wasn't. <laughs> well, you were mentally prepared I for a run or so. And then, uh, I suppose, right, so that was the start of, 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 of we'll say, uh, success uh, in Mead, uh, winning the, uh, in 83, then 84, winning the Centenary uh, Cup. 86, you win a Leinster title against Dublin, but it was 87 that you go out and win the All Ireland, and 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 it was the it was the start of um, a rivalry between Mead and Dublin that lasted for five or six, maybe seven years. It then did. it lasted a long time, all right. Yeah, well, we we played them in the, in the first Leinster final. We played them in '84 after winning the Centenary Cup. After winning the Centenary Cup, we played Dublin Cup. in the Leinster final in '84, and they beat us. Um, and then '85. Came, we were beaten by Leash in the first round of the championship below in Tullamore. Tullamore yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely got hammered. And then 86 came, won the Leinster, and it just took off from there, really, you know. And t- t- like 87, winning, winning, winning that All Ireland against uh, against Cork, and, and won it very convincingly that day, you know, uh, compared to the following year, you know. Yeah, y- won it convincingly in the, in the end. In the end. 87 was, you know, um, I suppose after winning the Leinster in 86, we got to the All Ireland semi final, and I think a lot of lads just thought we'd enough done just like winning the Leinster. The Lyon didn't really seem that much, really. Okay. I know that's a hard thing to say, yeah, but maybe. Yeah. But then 87 came, we were winning the Leinster, and we we're going to give this now a really good shot. The All Ireland series or the All Ireland semi final and final. You're only two games after that. Mm-hmm. Not like nowadays, you could be backdoor and all the rest. But exactly. Um, we really put a huge effort into it. But that particular All Ireland final, we were struggling for a lot of it. I think it was six points to one or five points to one up early on. And Jimmy Kerrigan ran down the middle of the field, knowing 
when Neerum and Mick Lyons came out and Oren blocked this fantastic shot. Brilliant block. And Did he go through him as well at the same time? Well, he got the ball first <laughs> and then Mickey continued on. As, you know. <laughs> but uh, he got everything. In typical, in typical Mick Lyons fashion. Yes, no free, no nothing. <laughs> Um, a ball I think broke to me, I got up the field of somebody and we got a point off it and then we just started to get into it. But before that, we weren't really in it. They were re- Cork was dominant big time and um, the final score, I suppose, we did probably win it easy enough in the end but it was a struggle for a long time, you know. Yeah, and uh, it, like my, I, I have great memories of the Mead team coming back to Navin that night and I think it was about quarter to 12 or 12 o'clock by the time he's got back and you were supposed to be back in Navin at like 9 o'clock or something. But Take us through what happened that evening when when you when you's left Crow Park in the well, bus. <laughs> you'd be in New York and back nearly. It took us that long. They came home from Dublin to Navin. That time was normally be an hour and 10 minutes or 15 minutes. The roads weren't as good as they are now. Yeah. But that time we had to stop in Keypack. We had to stop in Dunboyne. We went across then to Summer Hill. <laughs> we went across the Trim. <laughs> we were all over the place. And we finally got back to the fair green here in Avon at about 12 o'clock. Yeah. Which, if we left Dublin at three or four, <laughs> you should be back by six, you know. But that's the way it was done then. Um, now it is, I suppose, whoever wins in all Ireland, they all come back to Dorp to the grounds they say yeah. it was me to be part Halton or whatever they stay in Dublin that night and then stay come back on the, Monday the night. on the Monday night yeah. yeah and everybody because that thing we were going round everywhere it was nearly the same crowd you've seen it's the same crowd was in Keypack the same crowd was in <laughs> in Dunboy the same crowd was in Summerhill <laughs> the same crowd was in Dunshockland <laughs> and then they were all back here so you know it was but it was fantastic it but was um, it was a long a long long trip and I have to say but an enjoyable one I'd say absolutely yeah you were in and out of the bus and you see you, you you'd have a few drinks and you'd be it was brilliant but it's 30 years ago unfortunately it's, it's 30, 30 years, ago, years ago since you know. that win like it's, a, it's that, amazing that was the norm to do I suppose when you had to go around most of the clubs like you'd wherever your club um, the captain was yeah the captain yeah. was Nicolai and, uh, and had to go to Summerhill before yeah. it got to Navin then after that the following week then you'd be down around North Mead there was like four or five or some North Mead there was St Michael's and Camino Mud and there was Canna Ross and Kells and we'd done that on a Friday night so it was it was great there was Not plenty of celebrating. I think you'd be well able to. Uh, well, and then, of course, you go out again. You, you defended in 87. Um, uh, a, 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 a brilliant two years for Mead football. And then, n- I suppose, 90 and 91, Cork um, in 1990. And in then in 91, the famous four-game saga against Dublin in the first round of the championship as well. Like, yeah. Um, the... F- the I suppose 88, after winning in 87 and 88, and then 89, when Missy came, um, got to a Lens final, and I thought we just didn't perform too well. Dublin beat us. And then 90 came to Cork, w- um, won, won back Leinster again, yep. went to play Cork, and um, just things just didn't go away. We were all of a sudden near the man sent off. Um, didn't We didn't play that particularly well, I have to say. No disrespect to Cork, or say that Cork didn't deserve it to beat us but we didn't really perform on the day a lot of us didn't perform and then we got caught we were beaten and um, that was in 1990 yeah it was 1990 and then 91 was I remember the draw being 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 on I think it was around maybe January or February then I don't know it would have been October November and all of a sudden it was Dublin you were playing in the first round yeah which normally you would be always playing Dublin in a Leinster final which would be the end of July mm-hmm. all of a sudden this was first round I think it was only preliminary round early June I think the first game was. And I remember Sean and the whole lot of us sitting and saying, this is the training. When you were training for Leinster final, you were kind of, you were doing it differently. Yeah. You were kind of just 
steady, steady and peaking then. But we had to really train hard and get really fit. And for probably as fit as it would be for a length of final four or five weeks down the road. So mm -hmm. Sean was very good at, good at doing that. He had us right. And uh, like to go to four matches was, was just incredible, you know. And the thing about it was at the time, um, I suppose, it, it was nearly what the GEA needed because you were after having the World Cup as well in 1990, well, at the around the same time. You had so much going on in sport in Ireland that the GEA needed something and, and, and it, it just manifested itself in this four-game saga it between did. Dublin and Mead. And like for a first round, as you said, championship match, for, Par for Crow Park to be filled four weeks in a row yeah. was just phenomenal. It was just unreal, and you have to see the World Cup was on, and every every young fella that time was going round in and in Ireland, Jersey, or did in Manchester. Now, your soccer was really being nothing. Well, of course, well, Italian anti made was had soccer at their highest ever yeah. Yeah. level, and I think you're right. It it is the belief um, for the GE as a whole. I think we said it last week on on our podcast. You know that the Meet Dublin game of '91 it brought it all back for everybody. Absolutely, because you know, ev everybody mm. in the mm. in the p in Crow Park had you've seen the Dublin jerseys and the Mead mm. jerseys were just all over the place, which was never seen before. And um, I know there's a new program now on the television, the the sport moments of the '80s yeah. on, yeah. and now '90s I think this week. And there's definitely one sporting moment which should get it, and that's Kevin Foley's goal. Kevin Foley's and goal. And I think the GA would would be voting on that one because they really. It, it built Crow Park, really. Yeah. It did. It, it, it was incredible. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, we mentioned last week on the show we're, we're doing a, a, um, a competition on the podcast as well at the minute where um, we we spoke about the show Ireland's Greatest Sporting Moment and we've narrowed it down and we said we're looking for Meade's uh, uh, GAA moment, the, uh, their biggest ever GAA moment. And, you know, we, we've had people hitting us on the Twitter machine and on Facebook and the whole lot bringing in theirs. And, and Kevin Foley's goal is, is a yeah. huge one at the moment. So well it I is. I think it is huge. And, and I was just looking at the bits, bits of it the other night. The 80s was on. Uh, Seamus Darby's goal was yeah. second or third. Ray Houghton. Of course, been eighty years, yeah. I suppose, but but definitely, I I think um, going back to the Mead setup and the Dublin thing was was something else. You know what I mean? And as you say, it kind of the four games in a row was it created an awful lot of money for the GA. No, no, that, that's what it was. It was the first time Crow Park was open on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. That was the fourth game. Yeah, and um, it's been open ever since, really. And and so and and to take to take it through the through the championship, then right, you've played Dublin four times. Um, I'm lucky to probably beat Dublin. I know of course, yeah, we, we yeah. We didn't really a little play bit. that particularly well. I said we probably played really one good game out of the four, but look, at, we got across the line. Tell us about the, the tell game. us about the goal because it was you, it was you well, that was the played a big part well, in I that goal. A bit of one, I suppose. The worst <laughs> game of football I ever played, and I put my hand up, I ever played for me was that particular day, the last game against Dublin. Um, scorching hot day was on the Saturday. Yeah. I think it was 90 degrees of heat. It was just <laughs> a l and then that was outside Crow Park. Inside Crow Park was a the furnace. day I ever played, ever. And um, just couldn't get into it for some reason. But this, this ball just came along the sideline, or the end line, and it just prevented from going out. My feet was out. The ball wasn't. Now, Declan Sheehan probably should have left me on the canal end, <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> and I just, got, I just kept it in, passed it on to Mick Lyons. Mick Lyons held off Vinnie Murphy. He got, I think, to Matty McCabe. Look, I go on and on, but for a long story short, she ended up in the back of the net off Kevin Foley's foot. Yeah. So 
That was and that was it, you at know. that time. And then the point came. Obviously, everybody thought. Jinx. Yeah. People forget about that. Of, everybody thought it was Baron Flynn, <laughs> as Nick O'Dwyer said in his commentary. <laughs> yeah. And it was Brendan Riley. Oh, David Beggy. Yeah. David Beggy. Yeah. Was yeah. PJ Gillick passed to Beggy. Beggy took the shot. Now, no disrespect to David, it could have hit O'Connell Street. Yeah. Went straight over, the, went over the bar. I think when they were called Park. From the right hand side of the D, yes. and he kicked it over the bar. And if he tried to do it, <laughs> he'd never do it. But no. going back to Kevin Foley's goal, what would Sean Boylan have thought of his uh, quarterback <laughs> being that far up the field? Well, that as opposed to so much, there was what, three or four points, three points in a very little time. There was always a clock mm-hmm. in Crow Park, and Sean always told us at the back of the canal end, keep watching it. And Sean always told us to keep watching mm-hmm. it, keep an eye on it. Hollanders left, and obviously, we I often looked at if we were winning, or he'd <laughs> look up and see, and maybe that's okay. But I remember the ball, I think Callum Moore came, came up the middle field to get a ball, and he was fouled. That's right. And I could see Kevin Fulgers running <laughs> up by him. You know what I mean? He just, everybody just went up. He was the, he went up and just kept going. And Where kept were you? Going. <laughs> had to stay back <laughs> in case we watching the clock. Watching the clock. Watching the clock. Watching the clock. So, um, that was someone had to stay back. Everybody ended up forward, and uh, it ended up in the back of net. So we get that famous victory against the Dubs, and yeah. we go on in Leinster, and then a draw against Wicklow. Draw against Wicklow. Um, a lucky draw as well, wasn't it? Really, absolutely, Martin. Yeah, lucky mm. draw. It, it, um, it was just, um, I think, the last, the first game. Obviously, Bernard Flynn got this ball about forty-five yards out, turned, kicked it straight over the bar and was going, and the referee blew the final whistle. In the ball being in midair. In midair. Yeah. Just, and as soon as the ball <laughs> crossed the blacks, everybody was jumping, but the referee, the final was a blown, and so it was another few pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it was another few <laughs> pounds <laughs> for Gruff. For Gruff. Which was brilliant. But we Kevin were O'Brien <laughs> played well for Wicklow that day. Though, Kevin O'Brien played very class, well, yeah. You know. yeah he, was, he was a really good player. Yeah. Um, but um, we were lucky We were lucky to get out of, get out of jail, and um, after beating Dublin, everybody thought, here goes, we'll will walk on these fellas, but yeah. it wasn't to be. Maybe took them for granted yeah. a little bit. And the second game, I think we beat them comfortably enough, yeah. Martin. I think we beat them by four, oh, five, oh yeah. six points yeah. or something. Yeah. I just second can't game, remember. Yeah. I always remember the near ones. <laughs> the second one, I just can't remember. We won it well enough in the yeah. end. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then, and, and obviously you go on, you meet down in a final, um, a, a, a down team that, you know, really had shone right through the championship. And do you think maybe that it was a little bit of fatigue on the day or whatever because Mead were, I think we were, we were nine points down I came back 11, 11 like points we down 11 yeah points yeah, down. I, I, yeah um, tra- it, it could have been a bit of fatigue I don't know I remember that particularly we were nearly playing every two weeks yeah and you just got into a kind of a system and we weren't really training that particularly hard and time time was flying you know during the games and and then all of a sudden we, we beat our common in the, in the semi-final in the and then all of a sudden there was a month's break and it was hard to keep going for the month after being so busy for so long and then all of a sudden you had a month and we're here just going straight. Now, I'm not taking that away from down on the day. Any team gets 11 points ahead. Yeah. Look, it probably deserves to go on mm. and win it. But um, Some great footballers in that team. McCartan and Layden. Yeah, yeah. And, and they won in All-Ireland again yeah. after that. that they did. Team. Yeah. So they, they were did. a good team. Well, I remember you know. playing against them in the mm. league way long before that. And down always had dangerous forwards. Yeah. They Ross always Carr. down the years that Ross Carr and Mickey Linden, mm. they had um, Greg Blaney, you know, McCartan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even down the years, in my father's McCartan, time, yeah. they did all of the Dan O'Neill, they all of some, some fantastic forwards. And they were probably the best forwards in the North at them, in, in Ulster football at them. Yeah. And, um, oh, they were a good side. They were a good, good side. side yeah. 
But having said that, look, we had, were short. Had, we got two hammer blows. Had the clock had the clock gone on another four or five minutes? Maybe so. Yeah. Yes, I think. Yeah, the, Alan Brown took the sideline ball from the Hogan, from under the Hogan stand and landed in on the edge of the D. And Seamus Pryor was the referee from from Mana, blew the final whistle, which I thought there could have been maybe another minute or two, maybe yeah. two or three minutes, because I think we would have had because down lads were starting looking them at each other to a scratch on the head they didn't know what was going to happen from 11 points up to 2 points yeah. up and a plus we had 2 hammer blows when we lost Bob O'Malley broke his leg in the Leinster final against yeah. Leash and then Colin O'Rourke was sick mm-hmm. and he had pneumonia and they were 2 hammer blows because I remember meeting Mick, Mick, Mick O'Dwyer a couple of months after and he said to me in my time when I was with Kerry and had a great Kerry team he couldn't afford to go with 2 of his best players Yeah, and that's what Mick said and I'd say Colin Morrock and Bob O'Malley were probably two of our best players that particular year for yeah. a long time. Definitely we in the top five, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were missing those two. But um, look, at, that's the way it was. It was a pity. Um, we played ten games and won nine, lost the last one. But it would have been a fantastic Ireland to win after all the replays and yeah. the whole lot, you know. It would have been it would have been, you know, poetic justice to win that. But football is a cruel game football and cruel you game, know yeah. and you <coughs> they were happy they were the to won it. Absolutely and, and, and we probably all looked at it and said, Well me deserve it. But you have to win that last game and, and, and unfortunately it was down yes. who, who came away with it. And then I suppose it, it, there was a, again a little bit of a barren spell but uh Take us through 96, because it's a new Mead team. There's only a couple of lads left from the old brigade. Yeah, it, it kind of happened after 95, I suppose. We, we are, sorry, um, where am I now? Was it, uh, ni- yeah, 95, yeah. sorry. We Dublin beat it by 10 points. In the Leinster in final. In the Leinster final. Yes. Jason Sherlock inspired. Yes, and anytime we played Dublin, there was always a point or two. Yeah. But 95, there was 10 points in it. They absolutely mm. hammered us. And I remember coming back to to this pub where we are tonight and um, <laughs> Bob O'Malley owned it and we met on the Monday after it and that particular game and um, a few of the so-called older lads said that they weren't going to going to bother anymore and Colm, Kyle and myself were sitting beside each other and I said to Kyle do you know what I'll give it another go and Kyle said the same that's if Sean wants us that's just to be said so it turned out that myself and Kyle stayed on and for 96 and with a whole new team you might say yeah um, we won, we won Leinster, bet Dublin in the Leinster final. They were all Ireland champions, yep. and we won the All Ireland. But we had a few fellows. We had Graham Garrity, Trevor Giles, who would have been there from '93. Yeah, we were there for three, two, three years. Bit of Andy McManus, you know, John McDermott, a lot of the Jim new McGuinness. A lot of the new players did get the experience of playing with. They, they did, you know, the, the All Ireland winners. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like they so, did, they, yeah. so they did come on a lot, they but. Did. They were getting their chance now in '96. That's right, yes. And w- what a year, like you. Great year, like <laughs> I remember the first game was against Carlo, and, um, and the media were predicting that Carlo would beat us. That's know? right, yeah, because yeah. Carlo were after getting to an All Ireland club, club final, final yeah. with yeah, um, Airog, yeah. Yeah. Airog. Yeah. and I think there was O'Brien, yeah. nine or ten of that team was on the Carlo team, and everybody, even the Mead people were saying it, going up. Oh, so we're not going to the beat these boys. Yeah, but. Game with the honour after 15 minutes, we hammered them. We, we just absolutely hammered them. We bet them by 12 or 14, maybe 15 points. But the game was over after 10 minutes. And it just went on from there and met Dublin in the Leinster final. And they were All Ireland champions, beat them. And then we played Tyrone in the All Ireland semi final, which I'll always be remembered for. <laughs> 
for that. But anyway, that's we'll come back to that in a second. <laughs> we won't do all Ireland after beating Mayo. I still think, you know, when we were talking about last week there, the 91 thing being phenomenal, but I still think the performance against uh, Tyrone, for whatever, for whatever reason, just looking at the game itself, was one of the great Mead football performances yeah. I have ever seen. I really yeah. thought Mead were magnificent that day. Yeah. And I met Faye Devlin after the game, um, and he said that there was no issue. Mead were just fantastic. And I always have that in the back of my head. Yeah. You know, and Mead were the better team. Well, one of the selectors said the pace yeah. and power that yeah. we had. And I, I, think, I think actually Tyrone probably maybe learned a lot from that from that mid team yeah they needed to you know and then years past you see what Tyrone have done you know so yeah um, maybe, maybe, maybe they might forgive me now for <laughs> for a few other bits and pieces we'll come back to yeah. that in one second <laughs> but 90, 96 we go on to an All-Ireland final we're facing Mayo it goes to a replay and the first couple of minutes of the replay the next thing is there's a long ball comes into the square Martin O'Connell wins the ball, it breaks down into Martin O'Connell's hands, he lays it off, and then this little lad decides to give you an old dunt. And he gave, <laughs> he gave me, you could call it a dunt, he gave me a little push, I don't really know what it was. The ball, it was a free kick came in, really, really windy day. It was a horrible day for playing, but rain I don't mind, but rain, or the wind was, was really, really blowing a gale, and this ball came in, it kind of dropped short around the edge of the square. I kind of went up with John McDermott, I don't know whether... I got it and gave it to John Mack, and then all of a sudden, Finnerty. Yeah. You guys said Anthony Finnerty. <laughs> Anthony Finnerty. Haven't seen him since. <laughs> and um, might be looking for you. Is he missing? Is he? He's not missing. No. I seen him on the sorry. I seen him on the television there a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't met him in person since. But um, he just pushed me, and I just kind of shoved him, and he just fell, and all hell broke loose. <laughs> and that's basically, Mickey. What, what I, I've seen, and on the day I seen Feck all of the row. <laughs> so-called row but when you see it back on the television but definitely on the day because I knew the umpire was he used to deliver chicken from Manor Farm and I'd be on the road a good bit and I used to meet him and I just went over to him I, I think and Lord of Mercy he's, he's, he's passed away since and um, I just said to him what's going on I think Pat was his name I said Pat what's going on he says Michael and Kyle are going to be sent off so how he got picked them to why I don't know. We obviously seen more where I seen, yeah. but I have to put my hand up and say, like it, there could have been maybe thirty fellas fight, maybe twenty. There was twenty nine. Well, twenty nine if if you include you. Right. <laughs> you were in there, I but you're but you're telling me you didn't do anything. Never done a thing. Or yeah. I never got a bet. No one ever came near me. That was <laughs> the nearest thing I was to the fight. Just the very beginning. Was and that was it. Right. And that's a fact. I just <laughs> I couldn't didn't even say. I was so busy talking to your man at the young the young player the road post. <laughs> So we were trying to get a cloud at him. I don't think I was. No. It's 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 funny because it's still go it's still going ri- uh, viral at this stage. Um, and I suppose it's from um, the Sunday game that night and Pat Spillane's commentary, uh, which I have to say is absolutely brilliant on it. The way he describes that row yeah. and the dancing that's going on yeah. and well one fella trying to pull another fella's head off. Yes. And it was told to me begin Michael Fan. And then he was on about um, Liam McHale. He described him as when you're six foot four, tanned, and you jump into a row and hit nobody, you're going to be spotted. So I think it was something like that he said. And when I looked back on the television and seen the clip of it, that's exactly what happened. He was tanned, jumped in six foot six. The whole thing opened up, and he, he actually hit nobody. He <laughs> ended up looking at him. It was like the Red Sea parting as he yes. jumped in. So and but look, I, I think there was a lot done. But about it. Of course, but it happened so early in the game. 
And yeah, and no one likes to see that. And, and look, you, you can't. It's happened. It happened. But I, I think it was it was blown out of all proportion. A I lot of people say that the sending off of Liam McHale was bigger than the sending off of Colin Coyle. But you know, I I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think Colin so. Colin Coyle was a stalwart. He was a he was a tough man, and he was a, an imperative part of that meeting. He was, and he's great experience. And, yeah. And um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that. I think Colin Coyle was a, was a huge loss to us. I know McHale was probably a big loss to them, but you couldn't really say that about... The Mayo people probably would say McHale was a bigger loss, but yeah. the Beneath people wouldn't, because Colin Coyle had a fantastic year that year as well. He was coming to the end of his tether more than myself. Was and it he was in the half-back line. Did he kicked the ball football? over, for the, when the ball bounced over the keeper's head for the draw? Was that, that was that the draw yeah. match, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, from, yeah. from the middle of the field, from right yeah. in the, where the pitch was all done up in different colours. That's right. And the goalkeeper <laughs> didn't whether to come or, or what, and it just hopped. And, and went over the bar to yeah. get the draw. To get the draw. Yeah. You know, but so nobody could say Kyler wasn't part of that team. He was very much the a key element, wasn't he? Oh, he was, yeah. You know, oh, Colin Coyle was a, was a, was a great footballer, in yeah. fairness. He was, uh, he was a hard man. He could, yeah. he could do it. But he was well able to play. Well able to play. Yeah. And if you want to mix it with him, you do it. But he was, but he had great experience. And he, he was in a, I think he played mean minor for two years or maybe three, definitely two years anyway. And funnily enough, in, uh, like he came back, he went to America he in 87. Yeah. But he came back, uh, I think it was for the Leinster final or for the All-Ireland semi-final, he came back from America and right. got into the squad. And that's how he got to have his third All-Ireland medal as well. That's right. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you he was a huge, look, he was a, he was a fantastic player. And looking at more Lee McHale down in Mayo, probably he was one of the best players too, but... Look, that's, that's the way it goes. So know. me go on and win win the All Ireland after after that big row, and you know, I, I said it earlier on. You know, you, you were in the twilight of your career at that stage. You you you've been playing since 1982. It's 14 years later. Um, you had a phenomenal year, and uh, Mead had a phenomenal year, and you get the uh, you get an All Star and you get Player of the Year. Um, you know that must have been. On a personal note, that must have been a fantastic thing to to think that at, at that age, no offence, yeah. I'm older than you were then, <laughs> but yeah. you, you were you know that you were able to have such a great year and to win all those um, accolades that yeah, year. Yeah, I suppose when you get, I was I think it was 34 at the time, 30, yeah. 24 I think at the time. Um, look, and I, I probably handled probably one of my best years I had that year was '96 for some reason. But I always done a little bit extra. Like I always done a bit. Sean would train you maybe two, three, four nights. I do an extra hour. Most weeks, maybe two on my, on my own. When you get that at age, that's what I done. Fellas mightn't do it, but that's what I done, and it kind of helped me along, you know. But um, to get them what I got at that age was great, but you'd have to thank all my teammates that <laughs> helped me out, because oh without God. them, and with, with my club starting off and going back now again, my club starting off with them and people that brought me here and brought me there, it's nearly like he's accepting matches. an Academy Award yeah. here. I'd like to thank, <laughs> I'd like to, uh, yeah. thank God. Don't but forget to thank God, Red Martin. <laughs> but I don't want to forget anybody. But um, it was great to get them awards at that age. It's, right, it's yeah. typical. It's typical of you being you because you're awards. That's yeah, that's what I was just going to say. He's a, he's a very, very humble no. man. Like I didn't want to say that, Martin. Thanks very much. But I think the other significant thing about that mid period under Sean Boylan um, in the 80s and the 90s up through Leinster Championship was very competitive. 
competitive. Like Kildare in Dublin, you know, it's not like now yeah. where, where Dublin are very, very strong now. Any of those could have could have bet you at any time. So you mm. had to be focused on, in the Leinster Championship as well. It you was kind of the Leinster Championship then was very similar to what the Ulster yeah. Championship is now. Mm. Anybody yeah. could have won it, but Anybody, yeah. on, on their given day, and every game was a tough game. Yes, you know, even you you you, you draw with with um, Wicklow. Wicklow, you go out against um, Carlo and Carlo were the favourites. Yes. you know, uh, yeah. you know, like so. So it was a, a stage when 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 Leinster football was very strong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and like Dublin that time to beat Dublin, them years was just it was just incredible. It was you had to be at your best because they were a brilliant team as well. And like Cork, we we Cork got the four allowances in a row. Yeah, yeah, eighty-seven, eighty-eight, eighty-seven, eighty-eight, ninety. That's yeah. a fair. You know, they won two of them. It's not so easy. There was a lot of, like Kerry had were probably gone at that stage, but me Dublin Cork, they were the three, and by God. To play Dublin, you had to be at your best. Mm -hmm. And Dublin would probably think the same about us, you know, but there was great respect there for the two teams. But um, we probably stopped Dublin from winning a lot of all Ireland's too, you know. As well, yeah. That's just the way it was. It was very competitive compared to now, as Martin says, Jesus, Dublin is really dominating Leinster. So like, it's it's just incredible it's what they're doing. It is it's scary, scary yeah. it is. And hopefully someone will pip them, but who will, I don't know. You know. You mentioned something there a couple of minutes ago about doing the extra hour you know, you used to do it yourself. We've gone through all of the accolades and the whole lot. And but y y not only that, I, I, one, of my, one of my fondest memories of, uh, as a child growing up in the 80s, following the Mead team, was walking down the main street in Navin, and the next thing is you'd see Martin O'Connell's uh, butcher's van pulling up. And the next thing is, uh, you know, the jaw drop. You'd have to stop. You'd have to watch. And Martin O'Connell would come out with two carcasses, two animals <laughs> on the back, one on one shoulder, one on the other. He'd be going into uh, one of the butchers on the main street. And the next thing is someone would stop you and you'd, you'd have your white, your, your, your white jacket on. You'd be standing there with these two animals and you could be sta standing for <laughs> 10 minutes because that was the type of... Exactly. Well, I was tiny at that <laughs> stage. So I was, but, uh, you know, the way... Th what I was going to say to you was is that, you know, back then there was no strength and conditioning as such, but you were doing your own strength and conditioning plus the hour extra of running or whatever e each week when you compare it to the lads today yeah. with their weights programs and the whole lot. Yeah. Did you use weights programs around like that back in the day? Not particularly, no, Mickey, we had no. Sean used to bring us up to Garmus and there was a bit of a weight that time. I was doing rowing machines, or, but not, not really. Hilatara. The Hilatara. Daddystown and Garmus and Pool. That was basically it. But there was, no, there was no gym muck really as such. But a lot of that team were farmers and were that type of thing. And yeah. they were working on building sites yeah. and they were butchers and they were, you know, there was no manual work. I don't yeah. think it probably changed now and maybe it's for the better, but there's not too many lads manual work now. Exactly. I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. But, um, and that's why the gym is coming in now. But that team, if you go through it all, we're all out walking, out and about. And there's very few teachers. I think Callum O'Rourke was a teacher, and um, obviously he is a teacher. And Jerry McIntyre was a surgeon, a doctor. And yeah. like Bob O'Malley walked in the bank. But the rest then was all out. And the, three and the three of them were well tough anyway, so they were. Well, <laughs> you know. but, but the training that was probably different, Mickey. We, we used to do the Hill of Tara for maybe four or five weeks. You wouldn't see a ball. For them, four or five weeks, you go to bed, you sit up and down the sand dunes, you'd be up to the, up to your belly button in water and it freezing like, <laughs> you know, Sean had never said just put your foot in, you know, and test the water. You just had to go straight in, <laughs> and that's what we used to run up and down Garmin up to, from Bettystown to Mornington, and back, and it was it, it was, was a hard slog. It was a hard slog, but 
we done it and a lot of us not able to walk after it now, but <laughs> you do it all again, you know, with hips and backs and well, all the rest. Just as you, you mentioned the injuries now, but at the time, what was the story with lads getting hamstring injuries or anything like that? Was there anybody with a hamstring back well, then? David Beggy, I think, was the man that invented <laughs> hamstrings in, my, in our time. There was no such thing as hamstrings, and David came up with this thing, this strapping on his leg, but... We found out that it was a hamstring. So <laughs> that was it. But there are a lot of hamstrings now. Why that is, I don't know. But that time there wasn't, there wasn't the really. The pitches are better and the facilities are better. Everything pitches are better, better yeah. yeah. Probably young fellas going to school used to ride, I used to ride a bike to school. And, you know, if, you, if young fellas nowadays, so you put them into a car and you bring them here and bring them there. And I don't mean lads in the 10 or 11. Like the lads 20, 21, mammy, will you drop me into town or will you bring me to the shop? You know, there's mm. no one walking or cycling or as much as there. Yeah, yeah, and maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a good thing to the roads are, are, are lethal at the moment, you know. So <laughs> that's just the way it is. Different times, and yeah. that's it, you know. It's amazing the change, isn't it? It's yeah, you serious. know yourself, Mickey. You never. You saw you you're going so well. You've done your gym work. It's all gym, probably. With yeah, fr- fr- from the time I started till till now, it, 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 totally it, it's changed. completely changed. Yeah. And, and, and it's gone yeah. so professional at yes. club level, never mind at county level. Yeah. Yeah. How many nights a week would you have trained back in the day? Uh, well, Sean used to train, he's a great man to train. He trained Tuesday. Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. We choose a night, Thursday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Right. Because you couldn't go Friday night because you're training early Sunday morning. So it was a bit of... He <laughs> <laughs> was clever enough. And then you train Sunday morning because you, c- you couldn't go Saturday night because you're training Sunday morning. But not l- the lads would go out. It was just... But that's the way he'd done it. And then we always done maybe a night ourselves somewhere else. But you're doing... Five, I've done five nights a week. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... That probably hasn't changed the way it is, is now. It's they're probably doing five nights a week as it is, but it's just different training. Yeah, it's just completely different training. And uh, like, uh, I suppose to ask you as well, like, what, what what is what is your standout memory of playing playing for Mead? Um, well, I suppose the standout when you win your first All Ireland is, okay. is, is your standout when you know you you often dream of winning All Ireland or playing with your club and then representing your county and getting an All Ireland final. And I was lucky enough to do that a few times. And but to win the fourth one was fantastic. Um, and I know, you know the last the, the toughest opponent they ever probably played on. If you maybe you won't ask, it was probably Charlie Redmond. Charlie Redmond. Um, because we played Dublin so often, and there was a good few other lads around the count around the country as well that played, and even at club level. But Redmond was the at county was probably the most because he played on them so much because Mead and Dublin met so much, you know. And then if you're uh, in training games in Mead, um, on th- on all the panels that you played with, with Mead from from eighty two to ninety eight. Who was the toughest uh, opponent you had at a training match? Well, the toughest oh, at a training match. Well, I used to back David Beggy for some reason, <laughs> just because he would speed you up and you try and 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 keep with him, which was no, there was no point in playing that fella. I'd say you know the back of his head well, do you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I needed a motorbike to keep up with him, but I used to play on him. But um, it's hard to really make the point out because we were all so competitive. It was very hard to pick. Um, Fellas, really was really tough. They were all really the same, you know. The only one that I got away with more than was Colin O'Rourke. He was very um, much in this off the sides in, in in challenge matches. He'd never really exert himself for. He'd see everyone. He probably was the easiest one to mark, you know. But in a game situation, we were playing somebody. I wouldn't like to be on him. Yeah. But maybe he just was mind himself. He was clever enough, but he. He was he was cute now and he, he so he he was he was always keeping a bit in the tank in the training. Yeah, what you're he saying? was. Yeah, yeah. But he'd keep up with danger now, or he'd you know he <laughs> wouldn't just really 
Oh, St. Bard of Bushy. He got away with it, obviously. He was clever. He was clever. That's the word I think of, you know. So I just want to say, though, Martin, and you know, we're absolutely delighted that you're, you're here. But it's amazing, um, those 20 years of under Sean Milan, which you were involved in and all those type of things, what it actually did for County Mead, you know, how much it did for the county. I lived down in Cork. Um, at the time in 1990, I remember it very well and being in pubs. And, you know, I stood there with such pride in pubs, yeah. listening to uh, people talking about Martin O'Connell's and Mick Lines and all those particular people. You know, like I wasn't here for the celebrations as such, you know, but I w- that's, that was my own sense of pride. And you see the county now and how difficult it is. You're heavily involved still uh, with football, with Waterstown and that type of thing. Yeah. You know, it's the matter what, it seems to me, no matter what coaching or how much money we invest, or all of that type of thing in their games, you know, children will only benefit by having those results, winning those lenters, winning those All-Irelands, so they can wear those jerseys, so they can walk around Navin or Trim with that sense of pride. And that's what you gave an, a whole generation, yeah. you know, and yeah. we, we, we thank you for that, but we do need that to come again. We do need to come again. Thanks, Martin, but we definitely do need it to come again. And um, look, we, we're going on about... 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and we had our day, and that's it. But I'd love to see Mead now coming and, and let them make history for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to be hard. Even in the young lads nowadays, it's just a different a different breed. What it is, I don't know. They're not getting pushed at home. It's just any excuse to don't come up training. Like, I see that from Wollaston. I see it in other clubs. It's a, it's a constant job trying to get young lads to, 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 to play football. But if you had a, lit, if you had a win under your belt... That's it. You know, it'll bring maybe lads on. Is it success? Is that what it is? Success, I think, it'll it'll, it'll help big time, you know. Yeah. And by God, Mead need it. Our old club in Morrison needs it. A lot of of counties need it. A lot of clubs need it. Mm -hmm. And if you have that, maybe it might drive on a few more lads to play football, you know. But at the moment, it's it's, it's tough going, you know, uh, when you're not successful. I spoke with you off air and, and and you you spoke to me about Sean Boyle and said that like he was a visionary you know he was miles ahead of the game at, at the time he had <coughs> he had used doing stretching and 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 different things that nobody else was doing at the time that's right yeah but since Sean has left everybody else seems to have gone past me on 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 that end of things and we seem to be lagging behind and that maybe is the problem with Mead football at the moment is that we need to catch up and then do something different and get ahead of the posse yeah, really. What you do, Mickey, I don't know what you do. Like, as go back to Sean, he probably was way ahead of his time. But, um, like, people are saying the talent is not, is not here in Mead. I think there's loads of talent in, in Mead. It's just to try and get the best out of them. What you do, I don't know, Andy McEntee is, is doing the best he can do. Whether there's going to be enough to get him across the line next year, we don't know. But yeah. I'd love to just have a magic wand and wave it and get this up and running. Or maybe just shake a couple of the young fellas and say, get out and play football, yeah. will you? Yeah, <laughs> maybe so. Like everything has been done, we have the finest facilities that Absolutely. we ever had. Yeah. As you see, Dungani is exceptional. But it's not just that, every other pitch in the county is yeah. exceptional. Yeah. Uh, we've coaching, coaching in games has never been as strong. We've development squads that are involved with every, was, yeah. them yourselves. We had a great run with the meet on the 17s yeah. this year. So, yeah. you know, and th- there's the lads you want to be keeping out together and trying to keep That's them the thing. Together, That's what we know? need to maybe focus on is maybe on the uh, development squads and put our resources into that and maybe look for the, ne- the next few years. Try and hold the squad that we have there, the Mead team at the moment. Keep them together. You know, staying in Division 2 and getting to Division 1, th- that'll be progress I think. We don't want to be going back anyway. No. And then and then these development squads that are coming through, maybe you know, get a few players off that. Yes. Um, 
I suppose, Martin, I, I've I've done a little bit of fishing on you, so I did. Um, I, and uh, <laughs> I was looking, I was looking for a story on Martin. I've 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 gone through a few players and whatever, and nobody. Martin could say a bad word about you. Honest to God, they, they said they couldn't mm. say a bad word about you. You were the first to training. You were the last to leave. You were in the dressing room. You were diligent. Whenever there was anything to be said, you just sat there and listened. You you took it all in. You you were the perfect student, basically, and uh, you never got involved in any of the mountain and whatever. So, and they were all wrecking their brains to try and figure out something. And they says, "Oh well, hang on a second. He's he's a neat freak." He loves his tidiness and the whole lot. And his little baby was his car. That's and right. apparently, as we're at a training session or as we're at a challenge match one night, and two lads, David Beggy and Colin O'Rourke, had asked you before the game, could they get a lift home with you? And you said, yeah, no problem at all, lads. And they had this all planned. <laughs> so the next thing is, Martin goes away, gets cleaned up and whatever, and gets into the car. And the next thing is, he's waiting on the two boys. The two boys rush over, covered in mud, covered in grass, the whole lot. It's the boots still on, the the shorts still on. They open the two doors at the same time and jump in. Right, we're ready to go. Martin turned around and looked at them, and he went ballistic. Yeah, he was kind of a clean freak. Is that what you'd like to call it? But um, <laughs> that's what it was. And, and come back to the car, and even my boots, I'd always have my boots polished. Um, I'd always have my, and my mother would always have my togs and socks ironed and all done properly for me, and my bag would be as neat as anything. I think it was going on holidays. But, um, you yeah, know, my car, I used to always wash my car before any game of football. That was a, it was just one of these stupid sessions maybe I was. And the All-Ireland final, I got up early in the morning and I just washed my car. Whether it was spilling rain or whether it needed to be washed, <laughs> I washed it. <laughs> but the same thing, it never needed to be washed because no, you were washing it all no, the time. No. But it was your little ritual, you had to do it on the day of an All-Ireland final. Yeah, and did yeah. you do it yourself or did you bring it to... Oh, no, I done it myself at the back of the house. Did yourself you know, at the back yeah, of the yeah. house. And... Maybe Mike used to give me hair cut and I had hair. <laughs> I used to get that cut maybe a week before the game. Jesus, you had, you in fairness now, you had lovely locks. You had I had Leo Sayer. Leo Sayer is right. So I used to get that cut because they go real quick again and you get cut maybe every two weeks. But now I kind of get cut once every I'd say you're wishing you kept some of it when you were cutting it. <laughs> I don't know where I went to me. That's the problem. I don't know. But and that's, that's where I was at. Other fellas probably had other things to get them over a match or whatever or do and uh, take their mind off it. That's what, that's what I done, you know, so yeah, yeah. that's just the way it was, you know. Well, Martin, on, on behalf of myself and Martin and uh, and the people of Mead, um, I just want to say thank you for the memories you gave us. Absolutely amazing. You look back on the career and, uh, you know, uh, to, to make everybody so proud and, and, and the one thing that I have to say as well is that you're on that team of the millennium. Nobody can ever take that away from you and everybody in Mead is so proud you are our representative on that team of the Millennium. I just want to thank you for everything that you've done for Mead Football Day through the years. Well, thanks, thanks very much, Mark. Thank you. And uh, look, I want to thank everybody, and especially club, when I started, and family and all the rest. And uh, to be asked to do an interview now at this stage was real honour to be asked. I thought I was gone, and that was <laughs> it for them. No. I'd never say no. I'd always do my best to try and fulfil these things. So I'm delighted I've done it, and uh, I hope... Everybody's listened to it and enjoyed it. Ah, they will indeed. And uh, and again, it's uh, it's such a pleasure because you know the majority of the team that you played with in '87 and '88, you're such some such humble guys, um, you know, real real uh, heroes. 
and you know is just are so humble about it like and and, and that is a credit to you your families and to Sean Boylan that he was able to keep you so grounded it there's loads more I could say we'll be here to be here tomorrow so I don't understand well, well this is part one of the interview <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, it for this week we want to thank uh, 41 venue in Navan for allowing us to do our podcast here and record our Facebook live um, stay tuned for uh, the next episode coming up next week and hopefully we'll be uh, looking forward to the Leinster Senior uh, Championship clash between Simonstown and St Lomans of Westmead and we'll obviously be talking about Curraha Bar- and Ballybottle and Kiltail and St Pat's Ballyragget in the Leinster Hurling as well so uh, ladies and gentlemen don't forget we are Mead why it matters more